Hey there. Hello. So we should make a quick disclaimer up top. Uh, you want to tell the audience about your very special dog and his very special reaction to weather? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so Orion, that's his name. <laughs> he's precious. He's really dumb. He's cute and he's sweet. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't mean that derogatorily. Like, you know, humans and dogs, we come in a wide variety of intelligences. I'm painting a, a well-rounded portrait. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got many aspects to him besides his dumbness. <laughs> he really hates storms and his hatred and kind of reaction to them has only increased with age. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, a bit of weather up here our way in the DFW area, like flash flooding and stuff. Nothing in my immediate vicinity. I know it's kind of closer to you, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I haven't left my house, but I've seen news footage it's pretty bonkers yeah and y'all y'all are like next to stuff i don't know <laughs> seems like it could be crazy driving anyway yeah definitely yeah i mean like so we're we're cool but like if you hear barking or scratching or any sort of other fucking antics that we can't cut out <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> you can blame him you know what we'll post a picture of him people always like that Yes, he's a beautiful dog, so that's like his redeeming quality. <laughs> his beauty. He is certainly a himbo. Before himbos <laughs> were a thing, there was Orion. That's very accurate. Oh. Dude, what was weird is I've been catching up on Trailbillies, and they're talking about the flood, and then like a flood happens here. Like I, It was kind of freaky. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, yeah, so more of you are going to get to join in on that phenomenon as <laughs> the years drag on. Uh <laughs> It'll be good for building, you know, uh, solidarity among our class, maybe, but it'll be bad in that we'll be being flooded. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pros and cons. For sure. <laughs> Speaking of depraved, maybe we should talk about this New York Times article that I sent you. So one of my uh, toxic traits is that I read the New York Times. Yeah. Why do you do that to yourself? Jesus. I, so I feel like I'm partially doing just like spy work on the bourgeoisie, you know, <laughs> like, what are they saying? And also you get the crossword subscription with it. Yeah, that's a good point. I do. I think we have the subscription that's just the crosswords. Just the games. Yeah. You have the, the himbo subscription. We do have the himbo plan. <laughs> <laughs> I rarely delve into these articles. I just like to see the surface like bizarreness that they that they give me yeah it's like what do they think is going on yeah but like i will not read it i just want to see like the headline of it (laughs) um because it's always so just grotesque but this article is titled the rise of the worker productivity score i had actually heard about this article because i saw the picture of that one lady the one with the jeans everyone was like who works from home in jeans of course she's a narc Uh (laughs) (laughs) This lady that like wants to tell on people, basically, like I had seen her on Twitter. Oh, yeah. The one who's like, I'm sure that everyone else is not pulling their weight. Yeah. So yeah. she she was already Twitter famous. So I had seen apparently part of this article without knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. We all have someone like that in the office. Looking at you, Janine. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have a Janine and nor do I work for work from home. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is about tracking, basically, and like the obsessiveness of metrics and productivity scores and blah, gross, gross stuff. Yeah, uh, and it, it, I like the article is like encased in this like mock-up of tracking software, basically. Oh, okay, it was horrifying. So yeah, they they track when you're idle, like your mouse or your keyboard. And they, like, give you alerts and shit. I found it, honestly, and I'm sure this was the point, it's super distracting. Like, Mm -hmm. it took me longer to read this because I was like, oh, fuck, something's yellow. I got to move my mouse. (laughs) Yeah, no. So I was reading this, like, on a break on one of my off periods at work or whatever. And I was, like, subtly, I was, like, scrolling. So, like, I ended my first score with, like, uh, 91% active or something because I was, like, just kind of, like, lightly scrolling the whole time back and forth. And it was really hard to read this fucking article, dude. Yes, yes. <laughs> and like, I mean, that that's an example of really good design because it's like you do feel that pain. You do feel like, wow, I felt 
annoyed and I got less work done, like just in this one experience. (laughs) Yeah. I was doing that. I was like randomly typing A on my keyboard. (laughs) So I had a really good score, but yeah, it sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Super sucked. So it tracks you. And then as you're going through, it's like, it, it tells you some of your stats. So you're like, so this time when I pulled it up, I was just scrolling through to just just to get to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we can tell you're idling. <laughs> okay. And later, further down, it's like, uh, at, the, at the end, it's like, your manager will be in touch. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> just, oh. <laughs> I mean, this was fucking dark stuff, but also like this... The article does mention at some point, like, this kind of tracking has already been done, like, on a more, uh, like, in kind of a lower class scenario. So I think what's interesting is that now that white collar people have to do it, they're they're complaining about it as unfair. Like, that, yeah, they're freaking out that it's coming back to, coming back to them, which the article, I think, points out that this sort of measuring like you said has has gone on in in our in what we consider our blue collar work and stuff of like amazon warehouses or like uh ups drivers service industry yeah in that realm but i think even before that it's this sort of like taylorism like minute by minute second by second really measurement of every aspect of the worker's body and everything uh, has been around since, you know, the dawn of the industrial revolution and kind of in our world has been around for a long time in, in the global South in, in terms of like sweatshops and things like that. Yeah, that's true. Like that's when productivity was like, quote unquote, you know, invented or codified of like, that's how we end up with factory designs and layouts and, you know, what's it called? I mean, atomization is like our term for it, but you know, when you're working on just one very specific part, Oh, like a interchange of parts, um, like assembly line work. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Jeez, that's a very basic term I forgot. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's interesting. Now that the article is pinging me now because I'm like talking about it instead of scrolling <laughs> on it. Uh, <laughs> but it's another way to see because like people are, I think rightfully, you know, in this article bemoaning like how shitty this is oh, for you know, sure. and all the different ways it's shitty to them uh but i think you're right to point out that like this is another way that empire comes home you know because we typically when you think of that you're thinking of the or example of that being like okay you know we develop all this surveillance all this counterinsurgency shit all this way all these ways to you know neutralize the terrorists or stuff like that uh, and then all that like national security apparatus like then comes back, you know, the frontier always comes back and is then turned on its own populace. Like that's how you usually think of it. But you don't think of it so much as like, how do we hyper exploit people in other places and, you know, then get to like enjoy the benefits of that. But then that comes back to us, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I don't know, I, I think it was a really interesting read because you did have some people on, on the fucking hilariously wrong side of this is like oh i think it keeps you honest and like what's what is wrong with you yeah (laughs) but like i mean so many people in this were like they're just listing out all the reasons it's like one like sucks like personally sucks is is a bad feeling to be constantly tracked and nannied and also like defeats the purpose like you are doing more work but less actual good you know Mm -hmm. or actually Maybe you're quote unquote more productive. Like the example they gave was, I think the therapist one was really interesting. Like it was a hospice situation or something. And like certain things were scored as like more productive than others. And so like they were doing like way more uh, visits, but like shorter. And like, that's not what you need when you're in fucking hospice. (laughs) Yeah. There was the one who, let me see if I can find it. Oh, is it the drive-by? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, but this was this wasn't the nurses, but it was the chaplains. They said, This is gonna sound terrible, this person said, but every now and again I would do what I thought of as spiritual care drive bys to rack up points. <sighs> if a patient was sleeping, I could just talk to the nurse and say, Are there any concerns? It counted as a visit because I laid eyes. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, this is what happens when you try to reduce everyone to the amount of labor they can output is everyone becomes a number down to like 
spiritual transactions. Like, what the yeah. fuck are we doing? It's truly alienating, like, in the ultimate just human condition <laughs> level, you know? I mean, I think the article tries to pose it as a uh, almost a natural outgrowth of the pandemic of like, well, of course, we had to start tracking people because they're working from home. Uh, yeah. They also admit, like, it's it's not going away after this, though. Like, that absolutely opened the door to this. It's another way, and we we've we've talked about this before in terms of discussing Engels's socialism, scientific and utopian is that, and we've kind of revisited it. Capitalism has mechanisms that drive it. And I think that's the really big, you know, if you're taking away anything from Marxism and you're not joining the fight, you know, if you're <laughs> not like actually joining us and saying like, let's be a communist, let's be a socialist. But if you're just taking away like some sort of academic lesson from it, it's that, Essentially, Marx's like role was to, and Marx and Engels was to like do like this the scientific uh, the scientific method to the economy, and to look at it and say like, hey, here are like the laws that seem to be operating here. It looks like capitalism like has these kind of like mechanisms that drive it in certain ways, and one of those is that it's going to you know, firms are going to compete with each other ruthlessly for profits or they're going to be killed and replaced with firms that do, you know, and this is one of those things where maybe everyone kind of agrees that it's sort of like evil to do this. But if you don't, you're going to get trampled by someone willing to do the evil thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my big issue with this and the, the article, I mean, I have a lot of issues with this, but <laughs> one of the things the article talks about is like how bad it is at capturing off-screen work. I mean, as someone who works in a creative industry, like, that's a lot of the work is just sitting there thinking. Like, if you're a copywriter, I can, like, I work with copywriters a lot, and and they'll, you know, we'll be in a meeting, someone's like, oh, can you change this? And he'll be like, yeah, I'll get to it later. Like, I can't just do it on the spot. Like, I need time. That's how that process works. You can't just, like, constantly be typing nonsense all day. Like, you need time to, like, sit with your ideas, need time to brainstorm. You, you just like, it's like almost like the shower principle of like, you don't get a good idea until you like focus on something else, you know? Yeah. And not only that, like if you're at all like neurodivergent or like you like to jump from task to task, like I do, mm -hmm. like that is how I do my best work is like I have one thing going and then I jump over to something else and like that helps me stay on track. So it just doesn't account for any of that. Yeah, you, you're going to be, you know, brutalized and stuffed into this box where you're going to, instead of getting to do your, you know, whatever is your thought-provoking activity, you're instead going to be, you know, just annihilating your creative drive by, like, idling, you know, jiggling your mouse and pressing <laughs> keys and stuff, instead of being able to, like, free your mind to think. Well, what's funny is they even framed it as like, oh, well, we know how distracting the office is with like your phone going off. I'm like, this is way more distracting. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, it's wild. And I was thinking just, you know, you were saying like, hey, I, you know, this is not how I think. And one of the, I don't know, the weird things that I find about teaching is, a lot, you know, if a lot of days you deliver essentially the same sort of, you don't really do like big lectures at the middle school level you do like mini <laughs> mini lectures you know little little deliveries but you'll still you'll do the same thing six times that day and the dark secret is that your first period classes were your worst because you were sleepy <laughs> but also because you're well if they're if your teacher was like me anyway they were still kind of like working out the kinks and like the getting the great delivery down like i feel like i get a lot of it down like as as i deliver it you described it to me once as bad stand-up and that's the only way i think about teaching now <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're you're like you know telling dad jokes making things mildly entertaining sort of you know while trying to actually teach people stuff uh and i feel like you, you don't really work it out until you've delivered it and sort of like hit upon like ways to explain it on the fly at least that's how my brain works. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, teaching is also just like a, a bad, you know, fit for this sort of a thing, I guess. Oh, for but, sure. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, similar professions that have to deal with like creatively thinking through things and having any sort of element of improv. 
how would that work? You know? <laughs> Spoiler for a future episode, I'm reading uh, Black Shirts and Reds, and they are talking about just some basic Marxist theory. And it's, I don't know, the, the idea of the economy as jobs creator is so fucking nonsensical, when in reality, the reason they're doing this is so they can find people to lay off and like replace them with the nutcases who are going to work the entire time and like find a way to jump through these metrics hoops and like be obsessive about it. Yeah. And that's another element of it is not necessarily finding the most productive person by the metrics or whatever, but like the person willing to put themselves through what is necessary to get those metrics is the sort of person who's never going to start a union on you. Oh, no, 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 no. They're sycophants. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's just so much of workplace, uh, I, f- I feel like a corporate structure or like hiring practices or like building a quote unquote workplace culture that is actually tr- actively trying to skirt labor laws and discriminate against people who have pro-union sympathies. I mean, yeah, I... I mean, this is getting down to people like getting in trouble for bathroom breaks. Like, what the fuck? This is some basic like industrial era shit. Yes. Yeah. It's gruesome to see. <laughs> Definitely. But of course, at least we're not, you know, at least we're not China and we don't have social credit scores and <laughs> we don't do any of that here. <laughs> we just have a regular credit score. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which has only been around since modern times. Before that, they were just like, hey, are you a white man? <laughs> also not a great metric, but, you know. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, it's trash. It's all trash. I hate it. Um, Throw the whole capitalism away. Please. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get down to business. Oh, gosh. Are we defeating the Huns? Something like that. Okay. Uh, we're going to... Well, so I think of this more as like a review game. Oh, okay. Right. Because I was thinking about it. And mainly the reason I say that is because I want this to be kind of like whose line is it anywhere where the points don't matter. Mm. I was thinking if it was a quiz, I have to like come up with the score. I don't want to score you. I don't care. (laughs) Thank you. You're not going to track how idle I am in front of my computer. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Kids are always like, what? You know, how many points is this worth? Or is this for a grade? I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Just do it, please. Like, I don't care. Okay. Great. So, no grade. Um, You can keep track if you want to, listeners, and pipe in and yell at me. Yeah. You can (laughs) harangue them for how badly they did or praise them for how well they did, depending. Well, I did study a little. I re listened to two episodes. Wow. I, well, one, I just had wanted to. I listened to the, the Paris Commune episode just because I just went to Paris. And I was like, I bet I'll know more things. I, I didn't know that many more things. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to, what was the other one? Oh, the Russian Revolution one, because, Michael, that seems big. I should probably listen to that one. And also, I was reading Black Shirts and Reds, and that has a lot of good review material also. It does kind of cover some of those basics really well, doesn't it? It does. I love it. And... I don't know. I feel like he has a way of like cutting down what I would take like, you know, half an episode to say. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. A lot of banger just sentences. Like, it's this. Bam. Boom. Here it is. <laughs> For real. All right. Uh, let's get started then. Okay. What What's the format going to be? Well, I have multiple sections. Mm, okay. So I think we'll start with the simple define the terms section. Okay, great. This is going to be a lot of like Christine's summary for the people kind of stuff, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Me explaining things badly. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Some There's some open-ended ones, and there's some, like, name the person ones. Mm, so. Okay, okay. So define the terms, yeah. Simple, straightforward. There's no multiple choice, but, like, just describe the thing. Okay. All right. Uh, so what was Operation Condor? Okay. So this was in Latin America... And it's when the United States, like, funded a lot of coups, I think, and, like, seeker operations to, like, destabilize the region, basically. That's a super broad answer. I hope that's okay. Destabilized Latin America. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, 
Is there any more detail to it? Like maybe a time frame or like... Okay, okay. Uh, We're talking, I want to say 60s. Okay, 60s. And what did they... Like, you know, anything that they did to destabilize it? Or they just went out and announced you were hereby destabilized? Or what did they do? (laughs) They did assassinations and kidnappings and... I don't, yeah, they kidnapped a bunch of fucking like leftists and shit. Yeah, okay. I'll give, yeah, this is pretty good. <laughs> Partial credit, kind of right, basically right. Very vague. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Operation Condor, a secret intelligence and covert operations alliance uh, in the 1970s, so pretty Fuck. close there. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it had earlier roots. We talked about like uh, the World War II stay behind operations mm. and stuff where they were like oh what if the communists invade we're gonna you know train up a right-wing guerrilla in case you know military dictatorships in south america like shared their intelligence with each other and yeah they went after leftists oh like, and they got trained opponents. at a special school right school for bad guys yeah the, the school for bad <laughs> that's guys. what it was yeah. called no it was the american school yeah the school for the americas hey i got close yeah, so they and, and all their communication was going through like CIA set up communications and oh, like that's right, they bought them phones. Yeah, it was all facilitated by those guys. They did kidnappings, torture, disappearances, executions. This was the one where, and if you've ever seen on the internet of like free helicopter rides, this is what they're talking about when they would oh, throw people yeah, out of helicopters. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's Operation Condor. Okay, I feel like I got some of it. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not a complete loss. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, you did pretty well. All right. Next up, define the Rainbow Coalition. Oh, I know this one. So this was in the Black Panther Party. Um, I think it was Fred Hampton. And he worked with all of the other like radical groups out there, like queer liberation groups and uh, a Latino group. I don't remember their name. And... There were some other ones too. Like, I think there's a Vietnamese student group or something like that. And he, like, basically banded them all together so that, like, you know, when one of them was protesting, the other one would show up too. And, like, they did all kinds of solidarity shit together. That is correct. Ding, ding, yes. ding, ding, ding. Killing awesome. It. Multicultural coalition between different groups similar to the Black Panther Party. You're right that it was set up by Fred Hampton. Yes. In 1969. Uh, so you had the Black Panther Party, you had the Young Patriots organization. So that was like kind of the, not exclusively white, but group, but like, you know, the <laughs> white leaning group. Uh, the Young Lords, which was like the uh, kind of Latino organization. Uh, the Poor People's Coalition, the Students for a Democratic Society, the Brown Berets, the American Indian Movement, and the Red Guard Party. And yeah, this was like, you know, the intersectionality of like, hey, we all have our own shit that like, we are, we care about more you know we get it that's like our fight but we are all also fighting the same guy to fight our fight so like let's team up let's help each other out in our own you know in our own struggles to help out our larger movement nice good job thank you all right next up define please in 500 words or fewer (laughs) the dictatorship of the proletariat okay so this is after revolution pops off and we won, but there's still some bourgeoisie elements. And so we have to basically crush them. If you're going like classic Marxist Leninist, which it sounds like you would be if you're doing this, you'd go like use the remaining state apparatus to like crush any resistance. And like, it sounds bad, but when you think <laughs> about it as, it's, I mean, it doesn't sound bad, but it sounds a little, it sounds intense. Um, but it's like, if you're, group is made up of the people and it's a democratic process then like in theory it should be fine because it's still like a government of the people so i think you went very specific on it oh right you're focusing in on like the marxist leninist sort of you know that idea of like you do have to have like a worker state to do it but to zoom out maybe the way that marx used it you know and the kind of simpler way to i think to to like just talk to regular people to try to clear the air when they're like, yeah, but you're an asshole because dictatorship of the proletariat and that has dictatorship. So like, <laughs> fuck off. Right. And you're like, well, hold on. All he, it was, you know, it was one of those like clever wordplay things that he likes to do where he's like, 
in our society today, we talk about democracy and look, oh, how democratic we are. But really, it's a dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. Mm-hmm. You know what he's saying? Doesn't matter what it, if it's a kingdom or a liberal democracy or whatever. It's actually ruled for the bourgeoisie by the bourgeoisie. What we want to do is the opposite. So, we, you know, maybe our thing will look like a one-party socialist state like, a la Marxist-Leninism. Or maybe it'll look like a workers' commune. Whatever it looks like, it's going to be for the proletariat by the proletariat. Gotcha. It's basically what it boils down to. It's a, a society where the ruling class, the ruling interest is the working class. Gotcha. Yeah. I went very specifically Leninist. I was like thinking about like state and revolution and stuff. Right. Yeah. And so state and revolution, that's, you know, that direction would say, yes, you know, the the way to do this is a worker's state or uh, Lenin in that work kind of refers to it as like the the pseudo state or the Mm -hmm. semi state. But that's what he's talking about is kind of like imitating like you were mentioning the Paris Commune earlier, uh, imitating that sort of bottom up structure. But like an anarchist or someone more leaning in that direction would still, if they're not very like anti-communist, which unfortunately there are some who (laughs) really, you know, I think don't foster the sort of camaraderie that I see between the two groups. Yeah. You know, they'll say like, ew, dictatorship of the proletariat, that's gross. But like you will have some anarchists who will be like, no, that actually just means like the people should be in charge, basically. And we can do that in anarchism, too. Yeah, definitely. It's all right. Good, good definition. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about define means of production? Okay. So this is just like how your society makes shit. And um, hold on. I'm trying to think because I, I get these terms mixed up a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's just how you make shit because it's like, I I was gonna go into like, well, it's the difference between like the different historical periods of like feudalism versus slavery versus Mm. capitalism. But I think that's more like historical shit. There's a different word for that. That's a different thing. You're talking about like modes of production. Modes of production. Okay, okay. So means of production is just how you produce stuff and it doesn't have to just be physical stuff it can be any kind of labor and it's important because it's like who controls that determines your economic system yes that is that part definitely is right Uh more specifically for means of production it's like specifically talking about the stuff or the either the uh either the land or the tools or whatever that you use to make goods or services Mm, okay okay, okay. so uh, one way to think of it is just add labor (laughs) Yes, just add labor. That's all you need. Yeah. uh, So like the subject of labor, like the raw materials or whatever, that's means of production. So land and, you know, wood or whatever, natural resources, right? Uh, And then the instrument of labor is your tools and your factories or whatnot. Those are. And so you just, you you know, you pour in the people and (laughs) bam, you got stuff. That's means of production. You have to make sure the grind people into a fine paste first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, and monitor them at all times. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, you're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, last one on here on the find the term section is libertarian socialism. Oh, okay. Uh, I always think of my guy Noam on this one. This is right when you're like, well, I'm into socialism and all. Well, no, he's more of a lib and or a lib anarchist, right? Fuck. They're in the same area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Libertarian no. socialism? Yeah. No, I mean, he's they're like in the under the same umbrella. Yeah. I mean, in general, libertarians are going to be more about personal freedoms. But like, I guess how it intersects with social. I just don't know this one. <laughs> Let's just admit it. I don't know this one. You were, you, you were basically right. The anarchism bit or saying like, oh, no, he's more anarchism like through you, I think. I mean... Even in the main, like, Wikipedia for libertarian socialism, I think it, like, mentions him repeatedly of a good example. <laughs> okay, so it means, like, you agree, like, hey, capitalism's bad when you do socialism, but you are very concerned with, like, that whole using the state as an oppressive force thing, and you're, like, not into that part, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, you're, you're, 
your good anarchists, your non-anarcho-capitalist wannabe anarchists, are basically all falling in this category. You know, if they are, if they're social anarchists, if they want to, like, still function in a society and cooperate and do mutual aid and all the things that, like, make us human, then they fall in this category of libertarian socialism, which to the untrained ear sounds like an, you know, a paradox or something. Sounds like a new kind of douchebag. Yeah. Oh, I'm a libertarian socialist. I really like weed. You know, or something. Uh, but like, I also want, you know, gay rights. I don't, I don't know what the socialist part would be for that. Yeah, I don't either. Maybe they think it means like hang out with people. Like I'm really I'm social. very social. I love parties. <laughs> I love weed and parties. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, you're exactly right. It's like, it's, it's, it's anti-authoritarian. It's, it's anti like state. And so they very much cringe at like the idea that you can use the state as a tool to achieve anything, you know, even if it is under workers control or whatever, they're like, yeah, but it's bad. You know? Gotcha. Gotcha. Which I think, I don't know. The way I say it is like, I want one of these guys on the team <laughs> to, to like criticize me or whatever, but I don't want him to be in charge if I were running the revolution. Yeah, exactly. Which, that would be bad, but. That'd be bad for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> pretty indecisive. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it is an important tendency to have in the room. So you could be like, hey, when are you going to wither away? You said you're going to wither away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, not yet. Well, when? What the when? Fuck? Give me a date. Yeah. All right. Good job. Thanks. Next up, we have name that communism. <gasps> okay. So you're going to try to figure out which flavor of communism is it. Mm. I'll give you a hint. It's not green apple. Wait, what? Oh, it's not green okay. apple flavored communism. It was. Okay. A, it's so. You see what I say about sh- shitty stand up? Yeah, I'm. I'm That's seeing I'm that doing. now. I'm getting that. <laughs> I'm getting that flavor. <laughs> yeah, I'm channeling all that. So great. Just you're not in middle school, so you you know you don't have to be subjected to it <laughs> every day. Just today. <laughs> oh, thank God! I have a lot of nightmares where I'm back in middle school, so I'd like to avoid that. Oof. Yeah. It's not great. All right. Uh, which is the flavor of communism where? Is there anarchism in this too? Yeah, there's a little bit. Okay. So, you know, all of it. Yeah, yeah. Where bourgeois government is abolished and labor unions rule their workplaces and broader society in kind of a voluntary federated system. That would be syndicalism. Ding, ding, ding. Anarcho-syndicalism. Hell Yeah. Which one is the one that stresses the importance of the peasantry, protracted people's war, and the mass line? Oh, that's Maoism, baby. Yup. All right. Doing great. Two for two in this section. All right. Which one is the one that says uh, that they want to do a revolution against capitalism and against the state right away with no replacement of a worker state, just full on commune from day one? That sounds like your classic anarchist. Classic anarchist, but the good kind. Libertarian anarchist? Well, yeah, they're in the same camp. You know, uh, uh, anarcho communist? Yeah. There that's we the go. One. That's what I was thinking. But, like, you know. <laughs> I had to match up the terms. Depending on the ones you ask, they'd probably say, like, yeah, that's, that's us too. Yeah, yeah. So, next flavor. Uh, this one focuses on world revolution and preventing the worker state from getting, like, separated from the people or too bureaucratic. Is it Trotskyism? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Trotskyism. Nice. All right. And then last one in this section. This one is called Tanky or Stalinist by its detractors. Has a vanguard party. Uh, it wants to smash and replace the bourgeois state with the worker semi-state and go from socialism and then into communism. That sounds just Marxist-Leninist. That is Marxist-Leninist. Nice. MLM. Five, four, five. Good job. You know your flavors. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. Our next one is where I'm going to give you a short description of somebody. Maybe, maybe this section is called comrades and baddies because maybe they're good. <laughs> maybe they're bad. I love that. Also, I've seen this maybe. I think I've seen this. In, I don't know what particular social media it is, but is like baddie now like kind of a good thing? It's like hot or something? I think, yeah, yeah. 
I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I'm woefully off TikTok at the moment. Okay. What? Well, <laughs> hey, that's this is my suspicion. It's like, damn, I someone's think, a baddie. Yeah, I think baddie means hot. Listeners, let us old people know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but these guys, I don't mean I mean that they're just like assholes. You okay. Know? So, so some of them are good comrades, communists, but some of them are assholes. Okay. There's nobody like I didn't put anyone in that was just like watching, you know, <laughs> middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. So they're either cool and maybe did some shitty things or they're bad and maybe did some good things. What if your first one was just Stalin and I have to be like, yeah, he did everything great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. First one. Uh, this guy was a railroad unionizer who famously ran for president from jail on the Socialist Party of America ticket. Oh, that, what's that fool's name? You quote that guy all the time. Debs? Eugene Debs? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> so, listeners, I trialed some of these with my wife. Oh, did she know them? She said the same thing. She was like, that's that guy you quote all the time. <laughs> wow, you have a you have a toxic trait, huh? So, yeah. He's a 10, I'm, but he always quotes Eugene Debs. Right, yeah. I'm the guy at the party... <laughs> <laughs> unsolicitedly quoting Eugene Debs to you. <laughs> All right, you got that one right. Nice. Next one. This guy was a Spanish general who led the nationalist rebels in the Spanish Civil War and became a quasi-fascist dictator for life afterward. I mean, that's Franco. Good job. Yeah, and he's Francisco. an asshole. In case that's not Franco. clear. Yes, we. Our firm stance is we're glad he is dead. Could have come sooner, but dance on that grave. Next up. Uh, this guy accidentally volunteered to be appointed president of his country's national bank when he was half asleep, saying he was a good economist when he thought they were asking for a good communist. That would be Che. That's right. Che Guevara, accidental national banker. <laughs> Love that fool. <laughs> I like, Fidel's just like, Che, I didn't know you were a good economist. <laughs> Now that sounds like bad stand-up. <laughs> yeah. And Phil's just like, motherfucker, whatever, you are it. <laughs> you Too raised late. your hand. <laughs> no one else wants to do it. Yeah, this meeting doesn't end until we find the National Bank head, so <laughs> we're all sleepy. It's you. All right, next up, uh, this guy was a womanizing commie reporter uh, who was the subject of the movie Reds. Warren Beatty. <laughs> That's the actor. Fuck. Oh, fuck, fuck. What was the guy's name? <laughs> oh, no, I did it. I knew I was going to do that. <sighs> he was one of three Americans to be buried in the Kremlin. Oh, what's that fool's name? I don't remember his name. Uh, can you give me... What does it start with? His first or last name? Uh, Last name. His last name starts with an R. Man, that didn't help as much as I thought it would. <laughs> I don't know. That would be Mr. Jack Reed. Okay. <laughs> Louise Bryant's husband. Okay, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> I did really confidently name that actor, though. Warren Beatty, you got it. That was correct. <laughs> uh, for the actor. Wow. Uh, if the, Unless there's a lot we don't know about him. <laughs> Secretly, he did the exact same thing. Super weird. <laughs> Yeah, so him and Big Bill Haywood and C.E. Ruthenberg are the Americans buried in the Kremlin. Oh, I love Big Bill Hayward. Also, like, that's a great name. So how can you not love that? Big Bill. Big Bill. All right. Next up, we have a pair of bros who had their bloody hands on everything from coups in Iran and Guatemala to the failed Bay of Pigs invasion. Are these the Dole brothers? These are indeed the Dulles brothers. Oh, I said Dole. They were dull. Like D-O-L-E, like the fruit. Oh, the dole. Bro. I thought you were... Okay. Well, half credit. <laughs> That's pretty close. They liked fruit, right? Uh, yeah, they were on... <laughs> United Fruit? So, yeah, United Fruit, which is separate from the dole thing. Oh, okay, that, okay. The dole link, we did have a dole link from um, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Remember one of their main guys, the Sanford Dole, was like the... The Dole guy, <laughs> his family. Anyway. <laughs> so I got that one wrong, technically. Yeah, I knew they liked fruit, but that's about it. You, maybe you conflated a couple people. So yeah, I guess that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. Anyway, that's Alan and John Foster Dulles, 
Terrible people. True assholes. Uh, John Foster Dulles died of like cancer or something in 1959. Good. And Alan was still around for the Bay of Pigs invasion, which he fucked up so bad that Kennedy fired him for it. And then Kennedy, you know, died. Uh, who mm. knew? And then Dulles was on like the Warren Commission for some reason. What? Yeah. Weird. Okay. All right. That's some more baddies. They were hot AF <laughs> In case also. you couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have a bearded and bespectacled fan of bread and anarcho-communism. Kropotkin. That's right. Peter Kropotkin, or Pyotr Kropotkin. I almost said Trotsky with the beard and the spectacles. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. (laughs) It's a look. Trotsky was, you know, he was not, he was more of a flatbread sort of person. I don't know what bread he liked, but like he wasn't like a, such a fan of bread, I was trying to say. Oh, okay. Maybe he liked... More of a tortilla the... guy, because he went to Mexico. <laughs> oh, that's right. He loves his tortillas. <laughs> All right, next up, we have a founding member of the French Communist Party who worked in American and British hotels before returning to lead a revolution in his country. Oh, man. Was this guy in Vietnam? He was. I don't remember his name. I just know he was the Vietnam guy. What? Okay, but who would, if you were to say, who would be the Vietnam guy? Who would that be? I can't think of a single name. It's like That's... if you walk around in Vietnam, like, things are going to be named after him, you know? Okay, Or okay. Even, even if you walk around outside of Vietnam, right next to it, cities, conquered cities. <laughs> okay. Um. Fuck, I don't know. His name was Ho Chi Minh. Oh my God! What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> you gave it to me. You're like it's a city. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it was Saigon is <laughs> now Ho Chi Minh City. <laughs> yeah, I could have uh, just named a city. They had the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Oh my God. Uh, that was him. It, okay, yeah. They have like a you know I think in Britain their historical markers maybe are like these little blue circles. There's a picture of it on Wikipedia. And they have a little historical marker, and it's like, Ho Chi Minh worked at this worked at this Ritz Carlton hotel back <laughs> when he lived. That's crazy. Here. <laughs> yeah, so just a little snippet of his life, and yeah, he he was in France for a little bit, long enough to be a founding member of the French Communist Party. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was a failure on my part. All right, next. Uh, we have the Che Guevara of Africa, who wrote his country's national anthem and played it on guitar. Thomas Sankara. Nice. Ding, ding, yes, ding. Yes, okay. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that is correct. You're back on a roll. Redeemed myself. Uh, how about this guy? Irish Republican socialist hero of the Easter Rising in 1916, cruelly executed by the British for fighting for freedom of his people. James Connolly? A hundred percent right. Yeah. Next up, we have Chilean dictator who got his job after leading a U.S.-backed coup against socialist Trekkie Salvador Allende in 1973. Went on to kill or disappear thousands of Chileans in Operation Condor. Is that Pinochet? That is indeed Augusto Pinochet. I hate that guy. Yeah, he sucked. He was (laughs) really bad. He's also dead. All three of our baddies are dead. Fuck yeah. At least there's that. Next up. An ex-tailor who got really into gardening, so much so that he led the Christian socialist True Levelers, a.k.a. the Diggers. Oh, no. What was his name? Man, I remember there were parsnips in this story. There was also a dragon and something about cheese. (laughs) I also went through our social media and just, like, read some of the descriptions. So (laughs) that was my great description for that episode. Um, I bet his name is like John or something. John. <laughs> I don't know. That would be one Gerard Win Stanley. Okay, okay. That was a hard one. Had to do it. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. All right. Easy one that I just added on the fly. Abolitionist and medieval weaponry enthusiast who did nothing wrong. Abolitionist and medieval Oh, uh, John Brown. That would be John Brown. <laughs> he did use swords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, brutal and cool. And did nothing wrong. 
absolutely. Uh, next, his older brother's execution helped to radicalize him into becoming a vanguard revolutionary, if not a fan of avant-garde art. Ah, uh, that would be Lenin. Yeah, Lenny. Oh, he was on... I almost said he was on Jeopardy. <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? Yeah, just like, just, what's up? No, no, he was a he was a Jeopardy clue, but they used like his birth name, and I recognized it. Like I was like, oh, I know who that is. Ulyanov, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you can name one or both, both for extra credit. Two people who founded the Black Panther Party in 1966 in Oakland, California. Fred Hampton and Huey Newton. You've named one of them. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, no. Uh, Bobby Seale? That's right. Yes. There we go. I knew, like, the guys. I just didn't know who did what. Yeah. All right. Cool. Then, yes. Extra credit. Yes. Good job. All right. And the last one in this category, the most popular and radical Mexican president of the 20th century, who was the culmination of the Mexican Revolution by doing land reform and nationalizing Mexico's oil. Okay. I should know this one. I want to say Benito just because. Is it Benito? Is that your answer? Yes, Benito Juarez. <clears throat> ah, fuck. It is Lazaro Cardenas. Cardenas. Okay, okay. I just like the name Benito too much, I think. It's a good name. It's really cute. I'm really mad that Mussolini wrecked it for us. Such an asshole. <laughs> For a lot of reasons, not just for taking <laughs> mainly a for name ruining names for my future cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody, that was comrades and baddies. Again, tell us about baddies, please. Please, we're idiots. Maybe unless it's like really bad and we didn't know. <laughs> Next section is a classic true false bit, and try to make it tricky. It's always hard because, like, you it's always like. I don't know, like delivery is so difficult. I don't know. I'm bad at making quizzes because I, I show my hand a lot. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons I'm, I didn't bother to set up my camera when I realized <laughs> it was not on. I was like, ah, better not. Yeah. All right, here we go. Number one. Number one. We're like on question 20 now, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, the Russian Revolution kicked off on International Women's Day when thousands of protesters joined striking Petrograd workers demanding peace, bread, and an end to the czar. Okay, I just fucking listened to this episode. Okay, I think it started the day before. And then, like, the next day, I mean, like, yeah, I'm going to say false because it started the day before. You're saying that uh, thousands of protesters joined the day before? Oh, no, International no, International no. Women's Day? Okay, I'm going to say true then, because I, I just listened to it, and there was, like, an event that happened the day before, and then we get to International Women's Day. So, like, I think that threw me. But that is when things, like, really popped off. Yeah, and you are correct, 100%. Okay. So, the thing before is the Petrograd workers' strike. strike. They, you know, they were out. Okay, uh, okay. And then on International Women's Day is when it kicks into high gear, because it goes from, like, just a localized workplace grievance, you know, to a, a like basically a general strike like that's you know the city is shut down as more and more people come out for that also uh international women's day was actually first organized and observed as national women's day in 1909 by the socialist party of america in new york city really so despite their cold war animosity hatred <laughs> you know maybe you know you hate that which you see yourself in because it was actually because of the Socialist Party of America that we had International Women's Day and therefore that we had the Russian Revolution. If you think about it, it's our fault. Or it's thanks to us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Nice. Good job. Thanks. Had to, had to think through it because it's, you know, true or false always have those puzzling kind of mm -hmm. intricacies. So next one. Sticking with the days, I guess. International Workers Day. So like May the 1st, you know, May Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was first celebrated in the Soviet Union in 1923. Hmm. I'm going to say false. I, this is a conjecture because we did an episode on Labor Day and I know those were like kind of related. So I'm going to just, that's my, that's my guess. False. You're saying false and they're right. <gasps> it is false. I did it. 
Uh, May Day was called to commemorate the 1886 Haymarket Affair in Chicago. Mm, see, I knew it had American roots. Yeah, that's the one that began as a strike for the eight-hour workday, but then it they, they they ended with a big, huge demonstration, and then there was a bombing, and, and mm-hmm. then like, the police started shooting everybody. Yep. Um, and then they wrongly convicted eight anarchists for conspiracy. Ugh. They hanged some of them. Some of them committed suicide, and some of them were commu- commuted or whatever. But like that whole thing, Haymarket Affair, Later, the second international, like the the Socialist International, made it an annual socialist event in 1891. These dirty Americans with their socialist holidays. They really keep, yeah, they keep bringing it on. I think they love it over there. It's something like that, yeah. It's like they had to have not one but two red scares to to get rid of it. Uh, True or false... Fred Hampton was assassinated by the FBI and the Chicago PD in 1969. Uh, I'm not sure on the date, but I mean, yes, true. That is true and tragic. Yep. In the 1980s, the U.S. spent $51 million to produce textbooks that taught Afghan children to count using guns, knives, grenades, and assault rifles as part of Operation Cyclone. Uh, I don't remember the name, but I think that I know that is true. I just don't remember what it was called. You're correct, and it was Operation Cyclone. Okay, great. So true and sick. Yeah, what the fuck? Probably had no negative you know, <laughs> consequences later. Uh-huh. Totally benign <laughs> action. It's fine. Uh, next one. The war that precipitated the Paris Commune was the War for Austrian Succession. Mm, I'm going to say... False, because it was the Spanish succession. Well, you are right that it is false. Yeah, but I was wrong about the succession. Okay, well. Yeah, but it's true or false, so you don't really have to explain yourself. Okay, maybe I should stop doing that. So you get it right. (laughs) Wait, okay. I I thought it was because, okay, it was the Franco-Prussian War, but also like that popped off because like some, there was some dispute over who was going to get to be the Spanish king or something. And he was also... Um, related to Otto van Bismarck, which I apparently in that episode called him Otto van Buttmark. Very, I'm still proud of that joke. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I mean, you are right. It's the Franco-Prussian War. Yeah. Okay, but which, what started guess, that was the Spanish yeah, guy. Starts over somebody being considered for the Spanish throne. Mm-hmm. Leopold, the cousin of King Willem the First of Prussia, and then France was like, oh no, like. Our enemies are going to be all around us. Yeah. yeah. See, I See? was technically right. You're right. It just you got the you got the war name wrong, which is as any budding historian, and I, I mean, I'm going to like just bracket them off. Like anyone who is just dabbling in history to like <laughs> really gets into any of those people who are still in that war historian phase, mm. you'll grow out of it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you won't because like that's also probably interesting. I guess it's just not my thing. No, definitely. But they will not. tell you it's a pretty cardinal sin to like misname wars. Don't do Wait, that. What was the real name? The Franco Prussian War. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but you had the right idea, but still wrong. Yeah. Right, well, okay. no, still right because you got the <laughs> true false thing, but you just explained it wrong. So, okay. Good job. I was pretty close. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, true or false, Leon Trotsky was assassinated by the CIA. Mm. I feel like I should say yes, just because it's the CIA. And generally, if they're suspected of assassinating someone, they probably assassinated somebody. Uh, but there was, it was unclear, I thought. I'm going to say true. Eh, it was false. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was assassinated by Soviet agent Ramon Mercator in 1940. Okay, okay. Stalin got to him. Yeah, that was my other, I mean, that was my other guess, but like, who else would it have been? The guy was like, no, 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 it wasn't me, I didn't do it, I was innocent, proclaimed his innocence the whole way through his trial and everything, you know, Mm -hmm. even while he got like convicted and stuff, but when he was let out, Cuba was like, hey man, come on, we got you, Mm. he got asylum, and then he was like, yeah, I did it, I was cool. Damn. Yeah, kind of mean. Pretty mean, yeah. Uh, All right, and then. Our final section, you've done well. You've easily passed if we were grading this, which we're not. So Great. This is an anarchist school. We don't do grades. Grading, yeah, grading is kind of a racket. I mean, because honestly, it's just, it's not where it's at. It's rating productivity. Yeah, which we just, we started this whole episode saying sucks. 
So abolish it. We'll probably abolish public schools before we abolish grades. Uh, yep. The last section is called music and miscellaneous. Okay. Do you want to do the music first or the miscellaneous first? Uh, music, I guess. All right. That'll save the hardest challenge for last. That's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So open up our Dropbox. Mm. I've disguised these for you because I was trying to like, how can I make them play music without telling them what the name of the track is? So you'll play track one, then track two, then track three. I have to identify the music. Wow. This is, yeah. this is intense. So we'll okay. just start with track one. And it's already in the episode folder. You guys are getting a little background uh, inside baseball <laughs> on how we Here's how we organize our files. Our files. <laughs> okay, here we go. So we'll start with track one. And I guess, so maybe we'll play a little segment of it for yeah. the listeners. Now, if you want higher wages, let me tell you what... Oh, this is Talking Union by... Uh, am I just naming who it is? And The song and the artist, preferably? Yeah, uh, I want to say Pete Seeger? Pete Seeger was involved. What was their group called? Oh, the Almanacs singers. Ding, ding, ding. Boom. I got that in 25 seconds, listeners. Nice. Fucking crushed it. Excellent. All right. All right. Uh, those guys are great. I love those guys. Yeah. Uh, go back and listen to that episode if you just want to feel good. Like, that one's, that one's a fun one. That was pretty light, all things. I mean, yeah, there's like a bloody riot, but considering our usual subject matter, pretty light. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Track two. Track two. Oh, it's fucking Paul Robeson. God. It's a really Russian name. It's like. Oh, you're going to go for the Russian name. Okay. Yeah, right? Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> I should include this track for sure. <sighs> I don't remember the name. I just know it's Paul Robeson. What, do you remember what it means? Or it's like rolling over the hills. It's Pol- Polyinshka. Pol- Polyishka. That is like more than enough credit. Yeah, that's yes. good. Uh, yeah, so the Russian would be Polyushka Polya. I was so fucking close. The direct translation would be field, oh my field. Mm. Uh, the English, like, you know, I guess conversationalized translation or whatever <laughs> would be Song of the Plains. Song of the Plains. Love that track. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a real banger. Listen to it if you haven't. Maybe, well, we just put a little clip in, I guess, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, track three. You noble diggers, all stand up now, stand up now. You know. Okay, so this is Trumbawamba, which is hilarious. I get knocked down. I get up Oh, <laughs> uh, but it's about like the diggers. <laughs> what if I put that in there? And you're just That'd like, what be the so fuck? fucking funny. <laughs> But yeah, I just know that Trumbulama did like an album of fucking labor songs and shit, and that's the one about the diggers, but I don't know the name of it. Well, it's called the diggers song. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they didn't know the name of it either. Just, ah, fuck it, mate. It's called the diggers song. <laughs> Close enough. You get the idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, that one's a good one, too. This, like, doing this little section, I don't have a ton for this. this those are the three. Made me... Realize that I do want to do another music episode. It's been a while. So we'll have to put it on the calendar. In our, we, we planned ahead a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. before this. So in our next available spot, we'll put we, one. We have some coming up. Yeah. But yeah, those that's, that's the music section. Fun. Some tunes. And lastly, we have the final challenge. For this, you're going to have to use the Zoom chat feature. Because you're going to have to do some pronunciations. What? So you're going to have to try to pronounce these three party names. All right. And I guess for the listeners, what I'll do once I put it in the chat for you is I'm going to spell it. Okay. The spelling's not going to be too useful for you, I don't think. But it's the best I can do for the listeners. Patreon people, you, you'll get the notes so you can see it. Listeners, you're just going to have to listen to the spelling and be like, oh, that's this. You get to listen to me fuck up. All right, so number one, try to pronounce this party name. Mm, okay. Audience, it is 
S-I-N-N space F-E-I-N. Sinn Féin? Correct. Yes, I knew I had a sh. Yeah, good job. Thank you. God, I hope they're not all Irish, because that's the only one I remember. They're all Irish. Next one. No, for real? <laughs> yeah, next one. Fuck. Audience, it is F-I-N-E space G-A-E-L. Oh, no. If we have any Irish listeners, they're going to kill me. <laughs> Finn Gale. Uh, half credit. Okay, well. Because <laughs> it's Finna Gale. Finna Gale. Kind of close, I mean. Okay. But the first one was wrong. Last one, audience. It is F-I-A-N-N-A space F-A-I-L. Fianna Fall. Uh, Half credit. (laughs) Okay. It's Fianna Fall. Okay, well, whatever. Pretty close. Make it make sense. I probably would have done better with the fucking Russian names of something. All right, closer Maybe. to fucking Polshushka or whatever. Dude, so you would have come closer to it in Russian only if I would have spelled it using like Roman letters instead oh, of Cyrillic. Oh, yeah, no. There's no way. <laughs> but yeah. All right. That was pretty good. You got two out of three with wow. half credits. There. Okay. So, I'll take it. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. You made it through the end of the quiz. Wow. I did it. I feel accomplished. I Okay. I thought I was going to do way worse, honestly. Yeah, no, you did great. You paid attention and studied even. That's I didn't think you were going to study. <laughs> okay, thanks. A lot of lot of faith in me. Well, it's not unwarranted. <laughs> what does that mean? You routinely are like, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't prepare for that or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm kind of lazy. Um <laughs> Not in a bad way. I mean, we encourage laziness. Yeah, yeah. I'm exercising my right to not labor all the time. Yeah. Don't be That's productive. It. I'm not tracking Ugh. your your scrolling percentages. I mean, honestly, if I'm going to be real honest, I caught up with a podcast I was listening to the backlog of, so mm-hmm. I needed something new to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll do two birch, one stone. Yeah. I, and there were some stuff I didn't get to. Or, you know, couldn't really figure out how to work it in or whatever. I also did kind of lackluster preparation for it. But, like, <laughs> I feel like we got a little a little brief survey of some of the popular buttons. Some of the, oh, yeah, I forgot about that shit, you know. I thought, like, as a joke, you could have made the last question, like, how do we get rid of capitalism? <laughs> <laughs> in, Essay. 500 words or less. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just end on that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Done. Go go forth and <laughs> sin no more. <laughs> Easy peasy. Yeah, well, I hope that was fun. It was fun. I hope it was fun for the listeners because I, I enjoyed it. A little break, a little review. We'll probably do some of those every, every what, 100 <laughs> episodes? <laughs> so once uh, yeah, this more. is 115, so that's, that's about the schedule we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, every hundred episodes, there's a quiz. Great. I love it. And you better prepare. Mm. And, you know, I'm one of those teachers that will like spiral stuff back in. So just because it, you know, you pass that unit doesn't mean you're not going to have questions on that <gasps> unit later. Okay. Okay. So uh, Ho Chi Minh might come back to bite me. Uh, yeah. Yes. Especially the ones you got wrong specifically. <laughs> Damn it. I even almost listened to the Vietnam because I'm like, I don't remember shit from that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, you know what I did prepare for, though, is next week. Ooh. What are we doing next week? We are talking about a book I've already referenced like two or three times, Black Shirts and Reds by Michael Parenti. Yes, it is a great book. Um, It's a short read. So if you like are just tuning in and you want to go read it quickly, you can. It's like 100 something pages. It's pretty quick. Yeah, 160. I read it in like three days. And this is with like a cat distracting me and like Twitter. Like (laughs) (laughs) I read it at my pace and it it did not take long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I, it took me a long time because I just, I'm distractible slash I just don't pay attention. Uh, you know, I'm bad. No, at I mean, basically. So. I, my three days is, I'm saying if I had sat down and done it in three days, that's how it would take me, but I didn't. It's, it's been like a week and a half. So you can find that, you know, you might can find it at a bookstore, a used bookstore. You can probably order it on Amazon, online, um, at various places. Shakey'sInternetPalace.com. Z-Lib.org has lots of <laughs> books that you can find really easily. Like, I do encourage you to buy the book because, you know, Prenti, he's a very old guy by now. I'm sure, you know, he appreciates if he sees any money from it. So, or get it at your library if your library has it, you know, mm, get yeah. it legitimately for sure. But like, I bought it. So I'm also accessing it online for free because it's like I bought it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it's a good guy, I don't feel bad bad even you know if it's just an asshole i don't feel bad at all but like oh, if no. it's a good guy i don't feel bad about doing it this way because like i also bought it so this is actually just to read it on my computer you know yeah 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 but yeah you, you know go go read it if you can if you want to listen to the episode informedly if you don't if you just want the tldr version and you want to we'll do know, that yeah just don't you know don't read it that's the don't dr read it. it's also an option <laughs> yeah and just listen to us we'll we'll bloviate probably enough to cover all the bases we won't be as clever or as funny, I think, as Parenti. Cause, I he's mean, pretty dude, funny. He straight rips, dude. Like, And he has like that petty, like, Lennon streak. Oh, for sure. This guy knows how to fucking drag people. Yeah. it's <laughs> Also knows how to do a lot of self-promotion. Half, like, not half, but a lot of times he'll be like, see my book, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> a quarter of his citations maybe are like, as I wrote about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I will talk to you before then because we are related, but I will record our conversation next week. Yes. And in between now and then, I might kill their D&D character. We'll see. Please don't. I love them. <laughs> All right. Uh, see ya. All right. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts. Or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.